Hello, Simran. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, John. How are you? I'm good. I'm quite curious. Like, you're surrounded by all sorts of paraphernalia and books, and I want to know how they link up to the song that we're going to talk about, which I have links for here, and there are also various different notes for me, so I can uh, make sure I give your song justice. Um, yeah. Ballad of Markland Estate. Firstly, Markland Estate, I've never been there. You're going to have to tell me more about it and what you know of it in terms of your life. Um, that's where I grew up in, in West London. It's, uh, it's a tower block, um, just uh, Latimer Road, like W10, kind of just near Labrock Grove. Uh, it really, uh, my parents still live there, um, and my sister still lives there. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's a really kind of amazing community of people around there, and I think um, when Grenfell happened, three years ago, um, I just moved out of the area actually. And um, I, uh, you know, I felt really, really, really sad about it. And um, I remember um, going to the area and seeing, you know, missing people's, um, you know, faces up on as posters and stuff and kind of recognizing the people who are missing. And it was one of those areas and, um, you know, that estate, people have just been there for so long and it's really friendly and everyone knows each other and it's a real kind of strong sense of community. Um, yeah, it's just where I grew up and, and I guess it's where my, my kind of story um, partially begins and um, the record, the album being, you know, uh, a story of my life, um, things I went through, um, it kind of made sense to have a song about it and the video shot there. Uh, video I shot with Steve Gullick uh, is shot there and you know I also kind of um, I have to be very careful about how I mention things and, and, and the way I the way I mention things and you know my motive is always kind of um, is always good and try to mention things but I wanted to raise awareness or keep the awareness going around Grenfell um, I don't want the 72 people who died there, you know, to be forgotten. Um, I think it's important that, um, you know, that ju justice is done, you know, and that some kind of accountability for, you know, who, who, who you know, whose fault that was is kind of reached and um, families are still unhoused. They're still cladding on buildings. You know, there's no justice has been done. And I remember growing up as a kid, um, the Hillsborough disaster and how, you know, in 1989 and at a very young age kind of being faced with this kind of idea that we're just being lied to and this is a constant stream of lies and, um, you know, the lies and deception and covering up that went on in the police force then, you know, and to this day, still, there's still no full accountability, there's still no justice that's been done and those families, you know, not only have they lost loved ones, but they've been campaigning for so long now, you know, and, um, and, I, and I just, it saddens me as well, you know, I don't want to get too into comparing two things, but, um, but I remember when that happened in 1989 and, and, I, and I kind of feel like um, with, with Grenfell, like there just seems to be like this, this feeling that it's getting forgotten again and it's all going to get brushed under the carpet and no one really wants to take accountability for the fact that, you know, 72 people burned to death, you know, and 
and people's lives were up, up you know, completely turned upside down. I mean, <clears throat> I know that, you know, the TMO, you know, my, my um, parents live, you know, in a, in a block kind of very, very nearby, virtually next door. And I, you know, they, they've had this leak in there for, for years, you know, absolutely years. And, you know, they've tried to get it sorted out. And it's not the same, you know, as a fire. I'm not saying that. I just mean the attitude's the same that, you know, they were like, well, you live in a council flat. So what do you expect to happen? You know, and it's just this kind of feeling that because the people who live there are, are kind of poor, you know, or seemingly poor, you know, and, and, and a lot of them people of colour, it feels like they've been forgotten, you know, and um, justice hasn't been done. And it, it doesn't feel like it's, it's going that way with all the, the cover up. So, yeah, I, I wrote the song um, to try and, you know, keep awareness going around Grenfell um, to talk about... Um, my life, the origin of where it started, you know, the song is about that. It's about growing up as a, um, you know, as a Sikh, a turban wearing Sikh, the only person around there, the only person at school, you know, really kind of wanting, wanting to, wanting to die, being kind of very suicidal at a very young age, you know, um, and I know suicide kills more men than, than anything else, you know, and that's like a shocking statistic, a shocking idea, you know, it shocks me that I felt like that at such a young age. You know, thankfully, I, I, you know, I'm grateful I don't feel like that anymore. But, um, yeah, like feeling deep shame around my origins, where I was from, you know, and then, and then it talks about um, cutting my hair when I was 15 and that being a really pivotal moment in my life. And, um, you know, it was kind of dark and it felt I was doing something really wrong. And it felt like, um, you know, I'd kind of gone over the edge never to return but it also felt really magical because I felt like that's what I wanted to that's what I wanted at the time is I wanted to be British I wanted to feel British I wanted to be English you know um, you know I had all these ideas about bleaching my skin and, and trying to do that and like and then and, and cutting my hair and, and, and then I, then at 15 I started wearing loads of makeup you know eyeliner lipstick uh, you know and part of it is was was kind of, I was into the, I got really into rock and roll and uh, um, music and bands and, you know, the kind of tribal aspect of that. Uh, but it was also, I just wanted to cover up how I looked. Sure. There's um, quite a few things that we can talk about in regards to the song. But what I really want to touch upon um, in regards to who you are now and what you're having to present. Do you feel that you, to an extent like myself, because we've both been through this weird system in rock and roll before we had to sublimate parts of our culture in order to be maybe seen or validated, do you feel that now that there's more of an opportunity now for us to, to show those things, that there's a danger of overcompensating with that? Do you feel in any way that that's an issue? So could you repeat the question, John? So I was slightly distracted because this thing came up on my, my screen, this pop-up. Okay, okay. Um, essentially, for some time, you, like myself, have been within a system that seemed to congratulate those who were part of more of a mainstream culture in terms of them being Caucasian and all the different values that seem to be attributed to that culture. Um, so now that we don't have to be reductionist about who we are, Sim, do you feel there's a danger that in our in our newfound ability or in our mutual soapboxes that we may sometimes overcompensate for that time do you think that's a, a danger or am i just overthinking things again i don't know 
Yeah, I think that, 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 that that's a possibility. Do you mean overcompensating for, um, overcompensating for like the, the neurosis and the paranoia about the colour of my skin? That, that to an extent plays into it. I think um, not to bring myself into it because my job here is to ask you about who you are, but we can't avoid our very similar traction together. Yeah. Um, essentially, you have had um, time off from a better way of saying it. You've had time not to really address certain issues because you didn't think people would fucking listen, right? But now we're in a point where when you say these things, people are actively engaged. Is there a danger in us um, saying this stuff because we feel that we've got so much time to make up for? Um, is that a negative? Is that a danger? You follow me on this. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, I know. I totally understand what you're saying now. I'm, I'm absolutely not. I think the more dialogue, the more stories that are shared, uh, the more valuable experience this kind of, yeah, shared amongst us fellow, us fellow human beings, the better. I don't think we can talk about it enough. I think the persecution of minorities of people of colour has been going on for centuries and centuries and centuries, you know, whether it be in society, police brutality, in homes, in schools, you know, wherever it's like, it's, it's this tragic thing where people are, 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 you know, are born as a human being and suddenly, you know, within a few years of being alive because of racism in society, because of the systemic racism in this country, they feel like they're somehow kind of, you know, weird or not right or not human. And that's just, that's an absolutely horrendous way to feel, you know, as a child to feel like that, you know, when you, your idea of, a, of, a, of being a child is like, purity and, and playing with, with friends and, and, and you know, and I don't want to kind of say that it's just people of colour who have difficult childhoods who are experiencing oh, no. no one's going to think that you're saying that, man. Or, 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 or that, you know, this is, we're, somehow, that, you know, we're the only people who are, who are victims in, in this world at all, you know, but, but I think it can't be spoken about enough and I think it, it needs to be challenged. I think, you know, you've got, you've got, two of the most powerful people in the world who are kind of openly racist, openly anti-people of colour. I mean, it, it has to be challenged. And the only way I believe, you know, is, is more dialogue, more, more of us talking about it, more protest about it, education in schools, you know, I, I don't think, absolutely not, you know, and, and am I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm overcompensating for times gone. I feel like I just don't want anyone to really feel how I felt, you know, and so I feel like it was an important story to tell. It was a life story, saving story to tell, you know. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, very succinct. Um, there is an aesthetic to the the song, which lends itself very well to one of the artists that I know you've worked with before, uh, Shim from The Junk. Uh, do you want to tell me a little bit more about your relationship with him in regards to this song? Um, I think when you want um, a singer in Britain who sounds like Iggy Pop, Shim's your man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to put it simply, uh, I think he's an incredible vocalist. He's a multi-instrumentalist, you know. Um, he's capable of doing lots of different things, lots of different styles. Um, you know, and I, I uh, yeah, I wanted somebody to do in the verse to do a really low, deep kind of Iggy, fat white type kind of vocal. Um, and yeah, he was the man to do it, you know, and I, uh, 
he's he's a lovely man, and you know, I love hanging out with him, and you know, it's really great. It's 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 I appreciate it. You know, the, the stuff, some of the stuff is quite uncomfortable. You know, so it's it's about the, the song is about the stuff that I, and it's very personal to me. So obviously, as a singer, it's 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 great that you know he was he was up for um, singing the singing the words. You know, he wrote the vocal melody, uh, but singing the words, and I um, you know, it, it talks about the things that I mentioned, but it also talks about um, you know, which is a thread running through the through the record is kind of you know how colonialism in British colonialism, specifically, really for me, colonialism in India has impacted modern Britain. And so you have references to the Battle of Plassey in 1757 and the Jallianwallabad massacre in 1919, you know, which were kind of two pivotal moments in the British rule of India. Um, and then you've got a, a chorus bit as well, uh, which is sung by a girl called Bess Cavendish. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, because it talks about, um, from when I cut my hair, you know, and I became a different person. It talks about then my kind of um, voyage into kind of drinking and drug addiction. And I, you know, in towards later years, I became a heroin and crack cocaine addict and alcoholic. And um, it kind of talks about a lot of the characters in the area, you know, because the, the record is set in the area. So kind of each song is a kind of, has that kind of setting kind of in mind is that's the backdrop and so um you know and the clash did it a lot you know their whole setting was kind of west london but then they kind of talked about various historical events and wars and battles and political and socio-political things that were, were that were really important to them so it's it's kind of um inspired by that um but yeah you know there was a load of people um I hung out with around there who 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 were who were in a lot of trouble, you know, and um, and and I, and I was trying to kind of you know dispel this idea of of addiction being kind of you know the fault of the individual that it's this kind of choice of the person that you know or they're just choosing to be like that. It's, it's not the truth, you know, and I think more and more dialogue needs to happen around addiction being an illness, Definitely. You know, like any other illness, you know, and, um, and that they're still beautiful human beings, you know, uh, but they're lost in this illness. And so that's kind of what the chorus bit talks about. Yeah. Um, I'm very, so, well, yeah. very well done. Um, just because there's a, a certain amount of time that we can devote to this song. I want to know um, what brief you gave to Steve for the video because it's, it's very gritty very powerful but what kind of dialogue did you guys have before shooting it's really cool I mean I love Steve uh, so much and collaborating with him on the videos is, is, is always so much fun and uh, I explained to him the story behind the song and he really liked the song and um, and I said uh, well I, I kind of got married in Sri Lanka last year and uh, I'd sent him this girl called Hardeep had like a uh, really nice girl that had choreographed, uh, it's a friend of my wife's had choreographed um, our kind of first dance and it was really like, it was really intricate. She's like a proper dancer and stuff and I, uh, and she's a Sikh girl and I, I wanted to, um, and I showed Steve, I sent Steve the, the uh, video 
of the of the dance because you know we did it really badly but it was kind of it was cool you know but and um i'll have to send it to you actually and um steve said oh we should get that in the next video and uh so then i asked um Hardeep to to come and dance in the video it was a kind of a reference to to um to india to kind of um colonialism and to the traditional dance and just bringing that into it really and so you've got her her in there and uh and i said that you know the story's about markland house you know so we need to go and shoot it there so we went into my parents house and uh flat and we we, we shot bits in there and then we went under the west way and um shot stuff around there and um yeah i uh you know, as I said before, The Clash are like my favourite band and, um, you know, and I, I, I felt like I, I, I really wanted the video to be shot in West London under the West Way that's kind of, you know, their, their territory really. Um, but I, I don't know anyone who's shot a video around there since, you know, so that felt like the right thing to do. Um, so yeah, we just shot around there and, and it's, it's great to kind of, you know, um, I had my parents in one of the videos before and it was great to just like to to be in the flat and to invite Shin and Steve there because I for so many years I had so much shame around you know where I was from and kind of you know you know my family being Indian and, and, and then you know living on it in a council flat and, and all of that stuff and it was like when people used to say oh you know can we go to your flat and like we never had anything in it and um I always felt like really like ashamed of it, you know, and, and it was just really great to not feel that. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go there, you know, and, and it didn't cross my mind. And it's that, that, so it was, it was really nice. It was really nice. And Steve's met my parents as well, actually, because as I said, they were in the video before. Yeah, so. wow. and it's a great performance. It's so good to hear that you can allow who you are to be part of your musical expression and not yeah. streamline that or, or edit it out because it doesn't fit the narrative of stuff which has influenced you. You know, you'll watch a biopic by whatever band, even um, like uh, like The Clash, and it's like, where do I fit in this tapestry? Yeah. Where is my place in this story? Am I just going to be a face in the crowd when I know I've got something that might be valuable up on the stage? So it's yeah. so good to see that you're you're living that outside of um, the, the actual uh, promotional side of things. It's just within your actual structural life. It's something that you won't you know, um, consider in a negative way. It's great. Um, I wanna ask, where can people get the song? And if you can, you know, this is your moment to actually now promote <laughs> where people can buy it, I think. Well, it's up on Spotify, um, Primitive Ignorance Spotify. Uh, it's up on Bandcamp. Uh, the video is up on YouTube. Uh, and the record is, the album is going to be out in October. Um, you know, no, no live shows at the moment um, for obvious reasons, you know. Um, but yeah, it's available there. But just going back to what you were saying about, I think when I, when I was making the record, that, that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be literally a raw version of myself, you know, every single bit of kind of, you know, because we're all eternally flawed and we all have, um, things we're ashamed of and things we've been dishonest about, things that we've run from and things that, you know, things that we feel proud of. And I just, I just wanted to bring it all together and go, well, you know, this is me. And, and by sharing experience, you know, that maybe it might bring some kind of, 
unity or some kind of harmony to somebody for maybe even like five minutes or something and that's that's for me a job well done you know yeah it definitely comes across i mean ultimately in a perfect world you could take time off extreme amounts of time off and work out all these things and put music on hold but you are who you are you want to make music and you want to discuss how you are taking in um the reality that we're in and so to, to actually you know to be brave enough and to explore that um in public i think it says so much about you so well done for that i think uh, there's tons more to say um and we will move on to other songs momentarily but for now in this video i think we're done thank you for your time sim oh thank you john thank you very much no worries take care